Okay, Chavra, thank you so much for joining. Siata Deshmaya. We're going to launch into this year. And when I say launch, I mean it literally because it's not much like uh, it's a journey of a year. Siata Deshmaya. And specifically, it's really a little bit tying together a lot of what we've been learning in previous year and some of the ideas that we've encountered all the way back to the first time that we sat together when we spoke about Yitzchak Avinu, the concept of Malchus, Yaakov Avinu, and we went to Avram Avinu. We spoke about the Shemesh, the sun, and the Levana, and the way in which the moon reflects the light of the sun. Bezra Hashem, hopefully in a way that's relevant even to those that were not in the previous Shirim, but Bezra Hashem, I'd like to really try to just tie together a lot of those concepts in a way that will enable us hopefully to move into maybe a different kind next week, a different segment of Shabbos. Until now we've been speaking about Shabbos, the Clelius, maybe now... From next week and on, we'll start to focus on specific areas of Shabbos. The eating of Shabbos, Friday night, Shabbos morning, the different tefillahs, different parts of Shabbos. Now we're just speaking about Shabbos in a very abstract, zoomed out, conceptual Shabbos way. All of Shabbos, what Shabbos is vis-a-vis the six days of the week, and so on. So that's uh, a little bit the idea here, the Mahalach, and all of us here the And with great joy to be able to learn this together. So thank you for joining us. Let's take a look at the first source. The Gemara in Shab is Yudam and Beis. And the Gemara says as follows. A whole chain of Sadiqim say in the name of Rav, a famous Gemara, the Halacha states that if a person wants to go ahead and give a gift to his friend, you have to tell him about it. You can't just give it to him. You have to tell him about it first. That you're planning on giving it. Ah, excellent. Why? Shenamar. The Pasik says, Ladas ki ani Hashem mikadishchem. You shall know that I, Hashem, am the one that sanctifies you. Ladas. Before I go ahead and sanctify you, I want you to know about it first. And we're going to delve very deeply into why that might be. Ladas. There has to be a concept of you knowing what's going to be before it actually happens. Tani namiachi. And we find a similar memra, a similar concept. That Hashem says to Am Yisrael, you shall know that I am Hashem that sanctifies you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Moshe. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu famously, I have a very special treasure in my hidden treasure house. The Shabbos Shema. And its name is Shabbos. And I seek to give it to the Jewish nation. I want, I yearn, I desire to give it to the Jewish nation. Go and tell them about it. Before I actually give it to them, before I pass down this commandment, there's a concept of Moshe Rabbeinu needing to let Am Yisrael know that Hashem wants to give them this gift before He actually gives it to them. And of course, like Eliezer asked, the question is, why? What's this concept of Hashem needing to tell Am Yisrael about the gift that He wants to give them before He gives it instead of just simply telling them about Shabbos? What's the sod? What's the secret of Lech Vahodiyam? Go tell them that that I desire to give it to them before giving it to them. Okay. It should be clear to you and me, even outside of all of our learning together, which I think was pretty substantial, Baruch Hashem, just the past couple of weeks. It's a, it's a whole world, really, that we've been developing and exploring together, more than I you know, bargained for with these shir. And really, I thought we'd learn a little bit about Shabbos. I think it's really been like uh, learning about life, Mamish about life. And so even before any of our learning, one of the fundamental concepts in Yiddishkeit, and as much as we believe this world having meaning, having purpose, life being about accomplishing something, and not stam wandering around, you know, for a hundred years or so, just around this world and that being the focus, I mean, obviously we're here for a purpose, right? That's perhaps the most fundamental premise of, of religion, Bechlal, Lahavdil, certainly of Yiddishkeit. Hashem wants something. Hashem wants something of the human being who he brought into the world after unfolding the, the, um, the canvas, so to speak, which is the six days of creation. 
The Zohar Kaddish says, just like parents get the house ready when they have a child in the hospital leading up to the birth, the last couple of weeks, what do they do? They start preparing the home. And they make sure that there's a crib, and they make sure that there's, there's warm blankets, and they make sure if they found that the gender, even if not, they make sure that there are stretchies, and they have diapers, and either there's no baby yet, but they, they get everything prepared. Why? Why? Because there's going to be a baby brought into the home. Without the baby, these things are meaningless. They're only there in as much as there's going to be the tochen, the content of this context. That's going to imbue them with meaning. Now they have use. Says the Zohar Kaddish, it's the same thing about the six days of creation. Hashem creates the whole entire world and the, and the heaven and the earth and, 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 and the water and then reveals the land and then plants and then animals, everything, fish, everything leading up to what? What's the purpose? Man. HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings the human being into this world for a reason. What might that reason be? It's a pretty important question to ask in order to set our intention, not just once maybe in a long time, and not even once a day, like Mamash all the time, it needs to be on our mind, otherwise this life is just not worth living pretty much. We need to be constantly bound to this. What is the tachlis? What's the purpose? Why are we here? Why are we here? So for that we have to go to the psukim that precede the creation of man. It's actually a pasuk that we spoke about in our shir last month. Exactly a month ago on, on, on Cheshven. We learned this also. Let's take a look at this Pasuk in Beratius. Perak Beis, Pasuk Hay. And the Pasuk says, All of the produce of the fields, before it had risen from the earth, and all the grasses in the field, before they had begun to sprout, there was a reason that nothing had happened yet. That maybe all the plants were there, as some Rishonim say, but they hadn't yet burst through the surface of the earth. What was the world waiting for? Says the Pasuk, Because Hashem had not yet sent rain, and there was no man to work the land. Here we find the beginning, beginning, beginning of some kind of formulation of the purpose of man. Why hadn't the grounds grown, sprouted? Because no rain had fallen. Okay, why had no rain fallen? Because there was no man. So, on a simple reading of the Pasuk, what's the purpose of man? Just on a simple level, to daven for rain. Right? Or to, or, well, Davening, I'm already giving away Rashi, to work, right? Just on a simple level, there was no man to work the land, says Rashi. I started, I gave it away a little bit. Says Rashi, Umay time Elohimter. Now why hadn't the ground, why hadn't the rain fallen? Lefisha Adam Ayin Labadis Adam. The Pasuk is not telling us two separate things. Rain hadn't fallen and there was no man to work the land. No. It's one thing. Why hadn't the rain fallen? Because there was no man there to work the land, meaning there was no one on this earth to recognize the goodness and the chesed and the kindness of rain, to understand that there's a purpose to the world, that rain is meant to fall so that it can water the field and then the field grows. There was nobody to grasp the miraculous wonder of this process. When man came along and understood there's something missing in the world. The world is not complete. He would pray for rain. He would recognize there is something needed here that I cannot do on my own. We need something to happen that's beyond my control. I, no matter how much work I do, I cannot cause the grass to grow. We need something from heaven. We need something from heaven. We need rain from heaven. And then the rain fell. And then everything began to sprout. So that means, Rashi, the job of man is not to work the land, but the job of man is to daven for rain. The word avoida is 
a reference to tefillah. Say Chazal Ezu Avoida Shebaleiv Al Shloisha Devar Ma'ilam Ayvid. The world stands on three things: Taira, Avoida Gemilas Chasadim. Taira is learning. Gemilas Chasadim is Chesed. What's Avoida? Davin. So Rashi sees the word. Chazal see the word. Adam Ayin Lavedis Adama. What does that mean? There was no man to work the land. A reference to prayer. There was no man to pray. There was no man to stand in this physical realm and recognize that there's a God whose presence can be felt within nature. Yeah. What is God care? Ooh, ah, this is important. This is the question. The question. The first thing we have to say to this question is, I don't know. That's the first thing we need to say. It's just silence. Mamish silence. Because this question is rooted in the realm of Keser, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzon for the world. And Keser is called Ayin. This belongs to the realm of nothingness. From our perspective, it's something that's unknowable. Now, after we acknowledge that, there are some reasons that are given by the Tzaddikim, some which are human-centric, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to do Chesed, and so he needed to create the world so that we could have Bechira, so that we could choose, so that we could Mamish experience the ultimate Chesed either in this world or the next world. And then, Alpi Kabbalah, there are more that are God-centric. That in order for infinity to truly be infinite, it needs to show how it can even be finite. Because without being finite, then the infinite can't truly be infinite. Because then it's limited in a certain sense. But we're not getting into that right now. So it's a very, very complicated question. The, the true answer is, is we can never know. Anything else that the tzaddik can give as a reason that Hashem created the world for is, is sort of... You know, it's, it's, it's good because sometimes we need to, to know what to answer, to, to have some framework for ourselves. But all the tzaddik can make it very clear that all of those are just uh, a little bit of a facade for just silence. For silence. Yeah. Okay. But this is the nakuda here about HaKadosh Baruch Hu desiring a man to stand up and to do something. Can I just add on to that and sure. correct me if I'm wrong? Although we don't know the reason, we do know that he needs it. That's true. The way that I know that he needs it is because, like we mentioned, all the scientists in the world, from the beginning of time to the end of time, can never not just create a human being and keep him functioning for any, any more than 30 seconds would already be an unbelievable thing. But I woke up this morning. That itself is justification of my, my existence. That itself means that I'm needed for something. What is this? What is, what is the world? We experience the world, right? We've mamish experienced life, so the world is a question. And the answer to the question is, there must be a need here. And not just an unknowable need, we can actually know what the need is. Why he needs it, that already gets into the realm of what Shimon was speaking about. But that's not the, the tochen of this year, is what that desire is, not why that desire is. And those are two different things. Okay. Hashem expects us to take part in That's why he needs it. He needs us to do something. Yes, yes. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, it, even when I said davening, I really mean much more than that. Which we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get into all of this now. We have a lot to cover. We're gonna get into all this. But again, just to clarify, that doesn't answer Shimon's question, right? Because Shimon is asking uh, on a higher level. Okay, why did he want? Right? Okay, he wanted why. That's very deep, right? Okay, just to put everything in its right place. Okay. In order to understand the ultimate goal, it would behoove us to look at some sukkim that actually describe what things look like when the process ends, right? What, meaning, what is the aim? First, we spoke about the premise, and we saw that in this Pasuk about Adama Arishin, Labras Adama, says Rashi, Tefillah, recognizing there's Hashem in the world, recognizing there's Hashem working within nature. Fine. But let's now take a look at the end, not the beginning. The Pasuk in Yishayo, that describes what the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate experience of existence is after Adam Rishon, which is you and me and all humans, but all, all Jews certainly throughout history from the beginning of time to the end of time, who have this task of illuminating the world with this consciousness, what's the goal? What are we aiming for? It says the Pasuk in Yishayot, 
There will no longer be any evil and there will no longer be any destruction. There will no longer be kilkel. There will no longer be waste. Bechol har kadshi on my holy mountain. Ki Hashem kamayim liyam because the entire world will be filled with the knowledge of God. Like the sea floor is covered by water. This is the ultimate, ultimate end. The ultimate goal. The entire earth, Haaretz, the earth itself, will become filled with the knowledge of Hashem, consciousness of Hashem, awareness of Hashem, not falling for the illusion which we've spoken so much about of the created world, but to recognize this is not here, like we learned from the Svasemis last week, I think, to, to hide Hashem, but actually to reveal Him. When all of humanity is existing on this level, all of us are bound together, not on a horizontal level of looking at each other, I'm here, you're there, I have this rutzon, you have that rutzon, let's fight it out. But all of us are bound in unity because all of us are looking up, all the time looking up, and in that sense, we're all unified as creations of one creator. And a spirit of oneness rests upon humanity, a spirit of productivity, a spirit of calm, a spirit of humility. This is what's described here by Yeshayahu. Let the whole earth be filled with the knowledge of God like water covers the, uh, the sea floor. Fascinatingly enough, there are some tzaddikim, can't remember exactly who I saw this from or heard this from, but one of the tzaddikim says, what's this mashal? What is this parable? Like water covers the seabed. Could be anything. Like, uh, like ether fills, you know, fills a balloon. Why, why like water covers the ocean? See, he said the most amazing thing. He said, you cannot try to describe water to a fish. You can't. Because the fish knows nothing else. What you experience as water, that's because you live on dry land, you breathe air, and so water is something you can feel and you can experience, you can sense it, but a fish? A fish is born and bred. I'm saying he raised his whole life until, until you fish him out. Maybe then, okay, that's, that's interesting. But a fish that is just a fish, he doesn't feel water, he just, I mean, this is, this is life. So the tzaddik says, La'asid lava, all of humanity is gonna get to the realization that the air that we breathe and the tables that we feel and the floor that we tread and, and just life itself as it unfolds, every facet of it on every level at every age and stage and experience all the way, all the way through life. That was all a revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on such a level where it was hard for us to experience it because we were swimming in it. But then we'll wake up and be able to perceive that which we were experiencing all along. We just weren't awake. We weren't awake to it yet. Maybe in great moments we can be awake to it, but to live that way all the time, that's already an aspect of the gula. It's already a taste of what things are going to be like when all of humanity lives on that level. That's what it means, kamayim liyam chasim, like water. That's what, that's what the level of the intellect will be. Turn over the page, if you can, and take a look at source number four from Rabbi Nachman, Sfusiyah and the Rebbe over here is describing Mashiach. And he's describing Mashiach as the one that culminates this process. Because Mashiach is not the ending of a light switch. That from one moment is Golas and the next moment Mashiach comes and boom, turns on a switch, Gula. It's not the way. But Tzadikim explained that the Gula is not an event. It's a process. And it's a process that starts long before the actual figure of Mashiach is revealed. The actual figure of Mashiach comes to the world and begins to, to do things. And it's a process that you and I are a part of. Chazal liken it to the sun rising. Kima, kima. Slowly, slowly, slowly. It's a process. The sky begins to brighten and then the sun rises. That means that Mashiach coming is the end of a process, not the beginning of it. It's not an event. Things will be moving in ferment, changing, child, uh, the, the travails of labor, as Chazal described in another place, before the birth. And that you and I are a part of. Mashiach culminates the process, but it's a process that you and me already need to start embodying in our own life, a little inner Mashiach, 
to make sure we can't redeem the whole world maybe. We can redeem ourselves, meaning we can start to wake up. We can start to experience this kind of life. At least from our little perspective. And that has a ripple effect. And we can free ourselves from Geula, the aspect, all the tzaddikim, a Geula pratis, a personal redemption, which is of course what the Baal Shem Tev intended to bring to the world. By revealing all these Torahs, by trying to already enable us to taste, as the Lubavitchers sing, on the way to the bar, you also have to have a drink. Right? That's, that's the, was the Indian of Hasidus. Maybe they made it literally also. It's true. But it also is a metaphor. On the way to the bar, you also have to drink. On the way to Mashiach, we can't just, we, we already have to be tasting some of this consciousness. That's, that's, that's the Indian of the Baal It's a revelation of Lassid Lava, something else. Says Rabbi Nachman about this figure of Mashiach, Ki ikr Mashiach, because the primary weapon of Mashiach, Huatfila. What's Mashiach's weapon? Because he's going to conquer the world. He must have a weapon. So what does he have? What kind of nuclear? You know, what what, what does he have? What, what kind of weapon does he use? Says Rabbi Nachman, you know what Mashiach's weapon is? It's prayer. It's tefila. Shubachinas which is an aspect of the nose. Tefillah is connected to the concept of the nose. Kamashikasav, as the Pasuk says, Hutilasi echtam lach. Concept of choytam and tehillah being connected together. Ruach apenu Mashiach Hashem. Mashiach is connected to the nose. Tehillah, praise, we see from this Pasuk also in Yeshaya, is connected to the nose. Umisham ikr and that's where Mashiach gets his whole energy, gets his whole his whole chiyas, his whole lifeblood is from this thing called tefillah. And all the wars that Mashiach will wage. And all the conquerings that Mashiach will conquer the world for Hashem. Everything will come from where? From tefillah. How do we know the Mashiach is connected to smell? The Pasuk says, that Mashiach will be able to smell out those that are connected and those that are those that are distant. He has a good sense of smell, Mashiach. He's called Moirach Vidain. He'll just he'll smell right from wrong. He doesn't need to know the case. Two people will come before him, take who we say, right? When we don't know how to educate a case, we say, Mashiach will answer everything. Say Chazal with a sense of smell. It's a very deep thing. He'll just be able to smell. Smell is far deeper than seeing. Seeing you only see the surface. Smell, you can smell something. On the inside. Mamash on the inside. Mashiach is an inside person. He doesn't see just on the outside. He doesn't care for the outside. He wants to know what's happening inside of you. What's happening inside. Not what things look like on the surface. Mashiach is an inside person. What's going on inside? Zebachinas chaitim. This is the aspect of chaitim as it relates to Mashiach, which is a connection to tefillah. The connection to tefillah being, tefillah is our ability to recognize that which is beyond the surface, just like the sense of smell, is able to sense that which is beyond what our eyes can see. So the union of Mashiach and the union of tefillah means to look past a seemingly natural world and to realize maybe rain will fall tomorrow on its own accord, so to speak, but we have to ask for it. We have to be grateful for it. Because life is not simply here for us to live through. It's here for us to acknowledge and to express gratitude for. Yehudi, what's a Jew? Comes from the word. It was Thanksgiving today in America. And Hanukkah is mamash yemei hoda'a. It's the days of hod. Yehudi comes from the word hoda'a, to think. That's our essence. It's not about tefillah. It's about acknowledging. Acknowledging that the things we get are gifted. They're not just things that we have. That's the essence of what it means to be a Jew. To live with this consciousness that I don't create my life, my life is given to me, and it's not just given, it's gifted, and it's here for me to acknowledge it as a gift and thereby to see it as a love letter from the Master of Heaven and Earth and to see it as a revelation of Him and to live with Him moment to moment. That's what it means to be a Jew. That's the tachlis. back inside. And that's Mashiach's weapon. As the Pasik says, about Yaakov Avinu, says Yaakov Avinu, this that I conquered with my sword and with my bow. Perish Rashi says, Rashi, you know what this means? With my sword and my bow? He says, with my prayer. 
So you see that prayer is connected to the concept of a weapon that can enable the Jew to conquer something. It's not by force. It's conquering it not by going ahead and imposing a different sovereign power onto something that was under one rishos, and then you come ahead and conquer it, and now it's under my rishos. It's a much deeper kind of conquering. It's revealing that it was never under the rishos that you thought it was. It's revealing that beyond the facade of what you think this world is, just a natural world, it's not that, okay, now God comes and conquers the world. It's that it was never a natural world. And so your sovereignty isn't displaced by another sovereign power, it's revealed as having never been in control at all. It's just an illusion. That's the conquering of Mashiach. How do we do that? It's Tefillah. Mashiach conquers the world. Yaakov Avinu speaks in his own life about his own conquerings. How? Bechar bi'uvekasti with Tefillah and Bakasha. The Pasik says it says, I don't fight with a with like a bow and arrow. You know what I fight with? I fight with prayer. This is the aspect of Mashiach, which is connected to the concept of nose, which is connected to the concept of tefillah, which is connected to the concept of seeing beyond the surface, smelling the depth in life, not seeing things as they appear just to our eyes. But there's deep, there's something deeper, there's depth in every moment and every experience, and it all depends on our perspective. Do we have the perspective of, at least in philosophical terms, Jerusalem or Athens as we come up to Hanukkah? Do we have the perspective of a Jew or do we have the perspective of a secularist who just sees this world as being all there is? A completely different way of living. Completely different way of thinking. Entirely. Let's go back to Beratius, right Now, not to the Pasuk before the creation of man, but actually to the Pasuk in which a man is commanded to bring more men into the world. For what purpose? Here too we see the same concept. And blessed Adam and Chava. And he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and conquer it. Now on a simple level, what does this mean? Fill the earth, have many children, and they'll have children, and they'll have children, populate the earth, that's how the translation, because sure, a man will be in charge. But if you read these psukim, not just as like a historical, this worldly kind of plan that Hashem needs a world to be filled with humans, okay, so Hashem tells Adam and Chava, have children who will have children, and then we'll have a world full of people. Give me a break. I mean, really? <laughs> that's what the Pasuk is telling me? It's got to be deeper. It's got to be deeper. Because man is not here just to be in this world, to have children so that they'll be in this world and the world carries on and now Hashem has His world. This world is intention all the time. This world is the embodiment of Hashem's Ratzon. He wants something of us. We need to see that reflected in this Pasuk and I think that we do. Because look back at that Pasuk in Shayo. I mean, it's, it's obvious. Look back at the Pasuk in Shayo. What was the Lashon that we learned? What's the ultimate goal? There will no longer be any evil doing, no longer any ego, no longer any separateness, no longer any fighting or struggle. Because the earth will be filled. What with? With the, with the knowledge of God. Now turn back to the Pasuk of Barish. It's the same Lashem. Hashem tells Adam and Chava, have children. Umilu as ha'aretz and fill the earth. Not fill the earth with your children and they'll have children and grandchildren so there will be human beings filling the earth. It's much deeper. It's the premise of man, not the premise of why you should have children, of man itself. Pru uravu because umilu as ha'aretz. Because man is intended to, to saturate the earth, to see the earth as being the moon that reflects the light of the sun. It's something else. It's meant to disclose something, not to conceal something. We are meant to see this world as being saturated with the presence of Hashem. Kavod, presence, we spoke last week. The sense for godliness. Umil u'es ha'aretz. Umala ha'aretz deyes Hashem. Kamayim li amachasim v'kivshuha. Just like Mashiach. Go back to Seir bin Achman in the second line. V'chalakvishoy she'yichpash. Same Lashem. All the conquerings that Mashiach will accomplish. How will he accomplish them? With tefillah. What's tefillah? Where do we see tefillah the first time? The premise of Adam Rishon is to daven. What's davening? To acknowledge our lack and to recognize there's a Hashem in the world that we need to recognize the whole earth as being an expression 
of his love and his concern and his care and is providing us with the materials to transform this earth into what's referred to as a malchus de kedusha. This world, like we said, is malchus, right? It's the level, the spiritual level of the world is called malchus. It could either be a malchus de sitra or it could just be a, just with governments and this worldly things, or it can really be a kingdom of God, a malchus de kedusha. That's our job. That's our task. That's reflected in the ultimate goal after everything has been completed through Mashiach and through all of us that are hopefully Mashiach people, Davra Melech people, Va'anit Filasi, Davra Melech, Va'anit Fila, Davra Melech people, Malchus being prayer, Malchus being the moon that recognizes it has no light of its own. It needs the light of the sun, like we learned two weeks ago. We're part and parcel of bringing the world to this ultimate conclusion which was already encapsulated in Hashem's commandment to Adam and Chava to have children for the purpose of umilu esa'ar, it's filling the earth with the consciousness of Hashem, kamayim li'amachasim, one person at a time, one flame at a time. Says the Pasuk in Yeshayo, going back to, well, we're bouncing back and forth between the beginning and the end, going back to Yeshayo, kikoy amar Hashem boire hashamayim hu halikin, so says Hashem Yudkevavke, which is always the revealed, pre- the, like the revelation of God as God. Yudkevavke, transcendent, beyond time, beyond space. Hashem. So says Hashem, Hu Ha'elokim, who is understood at that point as being Elokim. What's Elokim? Is Gematria Hateva, nature. So at the point when it's revealed that all of nature is really Hashem inside out, as it were, just trying to reveal Himself. But, the, but relying on us recognizing that, says Hashem, Boire Hashemayim, who created the heavens, who Ha'elikim, that Yud Kevavke is actually Elokim, which is nature. Yoitzer Ha'aretz Va'oisa, the creator of the earth, Va'oisa and its maker, who Kainana, he who established it, that this earth is not alone, this earth is not just here, but it's reflective of Hashem who created it. Says Hashem, I did not create it for nothing. I want this earth to be settled. I would like for in settling the earth, humanity to get to the place where they recognize there is no experience outside of a divine experience. There is no circumstance in life outside of an encounter with Hashem. There is nothing. Ever. Not in Aliyah, not in Yerida, not when you're alone, not when you're struggling, not when you feel misunderstood, not when you feel like you're like you're on top of the world. There's nothing else. That's the ultimate goal. To settle the earth. To settle the earth. Bit of Akdama now before we get into the Lukutya Lachis. Speech. Speech is incredibly unique because speech is one of the three primary human functions. Thought, speech, and action. Pretty much everything that we do can be fit into one of these three things. Sometimes there's a combination of these three things, usually all of them. And as much as speech is already an action, to move your lips is already an action and hopefully we're speaking what we're thinking about so right away speech itself proper speech which is with kavana is already all three of those things but there can be mindless actions that we stop do without even thinking habitual actions there's thought on its own and then there's speech these three things are related to the three parts of the soul that we contain within us nefesh ruach and Neshama. Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama are three parts of the soul. There are two other parts called Chaya and Yechida, but those are called Makifim. Those are not within our body. Those are beyond. There are ways of experiencing those also. We'll speak about a different time, on our level, what this means, on our level. But Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama we experience all the time because Neshama, says the Nefshachayim, says the Tanya, Kedusha Slevi, everybody, Marinayim, the, 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 the Neshama is thought. The nefesh, so on the other side, is, is action. It's just the lifeblood. The physical animals have nefesh, just action, moving, animation. And ruach is speech. And speech is the most unique among them. 
Because while machshava <coughs> is entirely internal, so I don't know what you're thinking, it's completely in your mind. I'm sure you're thinking good things. But it's all in your mind. And action is completely externalized. Speech is unique because it begins internally in the level of voice, and then it emerges through the throat up until the physical area <clears throat> of what's referred to as the the five areas in the mouth which produce the different sounds of the olive base, the palate, the tongue, the teeth, the lips, the throat. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to save my life. And then it emerges into this world. What you're witnessing right now as I speak. I take a deep breath. Starts all the way deep inside me. Can't see it. And then I breathe it out. And it leaves. Speech, therefore, Alpinimius, is seen as the bridge between the upper realms, the spiritual realms, the hidden realms, and the revealed realms. The Beis Hamikdash, which Chazal referred to as the place where heaven and earth kiss, is referred to as Devir Kadsha. Right, the dwelling place of His Holiness. But the word Devir means Dibur Kadshay. Beis HaMikdash is very connected to speech. Speech is the bridge between internal and external, spiritual and physical. This world, Malchus, says the Zohar Kaddish, is reflected in the capacity of speech. Two words from the Zohar, Malchus Peh. That's what the Zohar says. Malchus, which is the created world, the level of the kli, the vessel that receives all the spiritual energies and then allows us to experience them, is connected to the concept of speech. Hashem spoke the world into existence. What does it mean? He spoke the world into existence. Why, did it, why was it created by speech? Why didn't he, he uh, create it with his hands, right? Or in his mind? Why with speech? Because again, this is what speech means. The world started hidden within the Ein Sof, within the infinite, in the higher spiritual realms, Atzilus, Bria, Yitzira, like we learned, Yud, K, Vav, and the higher elements of, of being, and then it came all the way down into the externalized experience of the final He, which is the world of Malchus. Hashem spoke the world into existence. But there are two components of speech. There's the ruach of speech, which is the internal aspect of speech. When we breathe in and we produce a voice that starts from deep within us. And then there's the maisa part of speech, right? So there's the neshama part and the guf part. There's the machshava part, what we want to say that also starts internally. And then there's just the mouth, right? just the mouth moving. It's just action. Two components of speech. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu created this world with speech, there's a grave danger. And the grave danger is that if the volume of godliness is not turned up, all we'll see is just the mouth moving. And we're not going to hear the communication of anything. We won't even be able to read, to, to, to lip read. All we, meaning to say all we see is the action. All we see is the physicality. We don't see how it emerged from somewhere deeper. Not in terms of a premise, a purpose. Why was this world brought into being? We don't sense the godliness within things. We don't sense the Hashem within nature. Hashem will akim. We just see the mouth moving. And as much as we turn the volume up by learning Torahs like these and starting to really live this way and, and mamish work on our munah and, and through our conscious mitzvah observance and really experiencing Yiddishkeit, which is just a master class in consciousness, and unfortunately it's, it's not presented that way, not in schools and not in shuls and almost nowhere, which is crazy to me. Mamish crazy. It's presented like a culture. It's unbelievable. Yiddishkeit is, is, is training grounds for prophecy. It's mamish what it is, like we learned last week. Things are getting better, slowly, slowly. The world is brightening. But if we turn the volume up, all of a sudden we hear this world being Hashem speaking to us, Mamish speaking to us, communicating with us. Hashem is not silent. There's nothing louder than Hashem. Everything is Hashem sending me a message, guiding me, helping me, 
training me through the curriculum of humility that is challenge, that is life. Showing me that when I have nobody else in the world, it, it means Hashem is clearing a path for you to connect directly to Him. It's the greatest favor in the world. It's all, it's all, it's all a curriculum of growth, a curriculum of going deeper into yourself, learning more about you, learning more about the world, finding Hashem more and more and more within the challenge. These are the two the two aspects of speech. Says Lakuti Allah says the Heliger of Nasan. The first line over here got a little bit messed up, so start start after the seven over there. Hinta Shabbos must be, I don't know where it came from. But a little bit of Shabbos in the first line over there. So start from Vizeh. Vizeh Bechinas Kriyashma. Daika. This is the aspect of Kriyashma that we need to say Bepeh. Out loud. And then that letter Bez belongs to the beginning of the sentence, which is Bepeh Daika. Go back to the first two words. I got messed up. Bepeh Daika. We need to express our faith specifically with Dibor, with speech. Al Yidei, or the second line, Al Yidei Amiras Kriyashma Pamayim B'chol Yoyim, by proclaiming our faith with Dibor, because the Dibor itself is reflective of the faith that we profess. The Dibor itself is the process that our declaration of faith embodies. We believe that God spoke the world into being. We believe that it started deep within the essence of hiddenness, of spirituality, and emerged to become our world, which is Hashem communicating with us. That's what it means. Shema Yisrael. We need to be listening to it. Is the volume turned up? Hashem Elokeinu. This thing you think is Elokeinu, nature is Hashem's. Hashem Echad. Ein Oid Mavadik is nothing else but Him. And it needs to be with Dibor. Why? Because the speech itself, you hear how deep this is, the, the very act of speaking it is reflective of what we mean to declare. Is that, is that clear? Do you hear that? It's unbelievable. It's not just that you have to say because you have to say because the very action of speech, which expresses the externalization of something so deep and hidden, reflects this that we believe that Elokeinu, which is the natural world, the externalized message spoken by the Klei Adibor, is actually Yudkei Vavke, is actually Hashem, in the hidden spiritual realms, revealing Himself to us. That's why we need to say it with our mouth, Davka, out loud. And that's why it's Shema Yisrael, because it all depends not on an objective happening or not happening. It's happening. The question is, do you hear it? The question is, is the volume on? And this is the aspect of the Pasuk. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I desire to heal a praise. From those that are formed out of earth. Those that are, those that are etched out of physicality. Hashem's primary delight is when we, not the angels, when we, which is what we started with in our first year about Yitzchak, as human beings, with all the challenge and all the failure that we spoke about then, when we recognize in this world where things appear to be so hidden and things appear to be so lowly, here, Daika, not Afal Pikein, this is Hashem, this is the revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if we have the eyes to see it and the ears to hear it, and the mouth to speak it out loud and to declare it with confidence, with clarity, that's the primary desire of Hashem. And bring the world to the place where the world is filled with consciousness. That's what we need to say with our mouth. To demonstrate and to express and to declare Hashem's godliness in this lowly world. Because speech will enable us to do this. To express to ourselves and to others, even those that are very far, even those that are very living life in a very physical conception, thinking that they are their bodies and thinking that the world is what we can see with our eyes and thinking that there's no Olam Abba, there's just this world and success means finances. Just the most Magushim kind of person, living moment to moment, pleasure to pleasure, without any consideration for eternity and where he came from and where he's going and what this world might be about. Even they, through a little bit of training, can come to realize 
the soul of the deep or the secret that this world is not simply a mouth moving in meaningless uh, 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 shapes but that this world is a communication of the divine it's heading somewhere and we're entrusted with being the bridge between heaven and earth to infuse this earth with heaven through Dibor because he says Dibor is the aspect of all heaven and earth it's the bridge between inside and outside it binds heaven and earth together it's the kissing place between heaven and earth speech starts inside moves outside Hashem thinking of creating the world dreaming of creating the world in the spiritual realms and then that coming to existence within malchus peh within our externalized vision of life that we experience explain somewhere else says speech is called a bird that flies between heaven and earth that's speech it's suspended the Pasik says, the winged one will transmit words. Uh, speech is connected to, to birds. What's a bird? A bird is the being that it's hovering between heaven and earth. That's what Dibor is. Between inside and outside, between the upper realms and the, and the lower realms. That's speech. It's the bridge. It's the bridge if we can use it properly, if we can use it to daven. Which is the whole purpose of Adam Rishon to be mitpalel, to pray, specifically Dibor. It doesn't say just for him to recognize the need for rain. We need to pray, meaning we need to become the prayer. Like Dabra Malach says, not I pray, I am the prayer, which means I in my life and all of us in our lives need to become the vehicle for bringing about the concept of Dibor, meaning energy that starts in the spiritual realm. Boom, coming to externalization within our lives. So deep what I'm saying now. Mamish, what we're learning is so deep. It's everything. It's mamish everything there is. It's a Yiddishkeit 101. This is what it means to be a Jew. Speech binds heaven and earth together. It unifies heaven and earth. This is the aspect of the tzaddik. This is the aspect of Mashiach. This is the aspect of Davra Malach. To come to the realization that Davra Malach is connected to the concept of the Levana. It's the moon. It has no light of its own. We have nothing but Hashem. This world is nothing other than what HaKadosh Baruch Hu infuses it with each and every moment. The Geshem. The Geshem. That heavenly rain that comes down to saturate the earth to enable things to grow. And to daven about it. And to scream Kriyashma with it. With our very last breath. That's the Indian of the tzaddik. That's the tzaddik within us all. That's our job. The tzaddik part of us is to be that channel. To be that bridge. Which is also hinted to in the teaching that Reb is, is talking about. Because through speech, we are able to reveal HaKadosh Baruch Hu's godliness in this lowly world says, This is Hashem's unbelievable primary desire. This is what He wanted. This is what He desired. This is the whole thing. This is Hashem's dream in conceiving of a world. For what? What should it look like in the end? The world should be filled with consciousness. To realize that everything we think we're experiencing being physical, Hashem Hu Elikim, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elikim, Ein Oid, Ein Oid, there's nothing else, Hashem Echad, Echad, everything is one. That's the primary delight of Hashem. Hashem says, Good, you have a mouth, it's wonderful. Meaning, good, there's a physical world that just moves, moves its, its, its mouth and all sorts of formations. Very nice. That's not what I need. I don't just need a world with some people in it. Let your mouth be filled with my praise. Meaning, let the earth, which Hashem spoke into being, but it can just be seen on the outside, just on the level of Misa, of Ruach, of Nefesh de Ruach, so to speak, just be seen as just pure physicality. It's just the world. Hashem says, Reveal within that action of mouth moving, the voice behind it, the breath behind it, the intention behind it, the life behind it. Says Hashem, Fill your mouth with my praise. Reveal the way in which the whole earth, which is the speech of God, communicates His being, His essence. 
umilu es ha'aretz, which is aligned, which is what we learned, that Hashem tells Adam Rishon, pru'uravu, and fill the earth. Umilu es ha'aretz. Bechinas, meloi chala aretz kavaydai. The revelation that the whole earth is saturated. What with? Kavaydai, his presence, which we learned about last week. To reveal Hashem's godliness within this world, then the world will be filled of people, mamish people, not animals, people. And he's referencing Rabbi Nachman in Torah Zion and Tanyan in the second chilek, which this piece is based on. Rabbi Nachman says, Hashem wanted the world to be filled with people, not with, with animals in Surah Sa'adam. What does it mean to be a person? To be a mitpalel, to be a Yehudi, to be a person that's able to recognize, wow, there's a being that's higher than me. It's not just about horizontal living. It's about vertical living. Look up, not from side to side. And that the earth should be filled with people. For what purpose? What kind of people? It's full of the earth. Let's turn the paper to the animal. We'll come to the close. Chevra Shabbos is a little bit of a taste of that ultimate time. It's what we've been talking about all along. It's all one thing. Shabbos, in our own lives, means to say, as a Brattenberg sings, you throw away the hammer, there's nothing left to do. Go on home and find a gift. Of course, a reference to this Gemara, Shabbos, which we'll, get, which we'll get to, which we started with. Shabbos allows us to put away the illusion of us running things, the illusion of there being a physical world that's just Eulam Put it away. And to enter into a 25-hour period of Hashem, of Ein Oid Movada. Which is why Chazal say Shabbos is 160th of what? Of Olam Haba. It's Olam Haba. The realm of Umala Aretz Deas Hashem. Come on, there's nothing else but just eating, drinking, experiencing Mamish Kedusha, learning. Hopefully, Shabbos should be a, really a time for learning. <clears throat> Especially Friday nights, now very long. We can do something Friday night too, maybe. Think about that. But to, to, to Mamish spend time with with the depth of life, the omic of life, the inner point of life, not the externality of life. What life is really about, beyond the facade of what we're dealing with or not dealing with, Mamish life itself and everything else is petty. Life, one day a week, one sixtieth of Olam Haba, of that time period about which the Pazik says, Umala Aretz Deas Hashem, Kamayim Liyam let the world be filled with the knowledge of God. That's Shabbos, that's all Shabbos is. Like the Piyasetzin Rebbe describes and the Rishonah says in the Shlomo's story about the Rishonah, can you see the clouds of Shabbos making place for the clouds of the, of the, uh, the, I'm sorry, the clouds of the six days of the week moving to make place for the clouds of Shabbos. It's a different world. You see Yidin differently. You see the world differently. It's Mamish different. Shabbos is different. It's just Shabbostic. Mamish a Shabbostic world. Shabbos is a little bit of a taste of Says the Pasuk in Bereshis, which means on a simple level, on a Kodesh Baruch Hu concluded his work on the seventh day because the word Bayechal comes from the word Kol, which means to be completed. It's just all. Everything was done. Asher Baruch Hu rested on the seventh day. Mikol Asher from all the work that he did. And Hashem blessed the seventh day. And he sanctified it. Because on it he rested from all the work that Hashem had created to make. We said in previous shiurim, again, we're just touching on things we've already spoken about. What's this enigmatic word, Ashabar Lekim Lassois, that he made to make? Ashabar Lekim, that he made. What's Lassois? And we said perhaps that Lassois is a reference to the recreation of the world, meaning to fill the world with God. It's not enough he created a world. Good. Yimalepi Tehilasecha, fill the earth. Recognize that Malaychala Aretz Kivaydai. Ashabar Lekim, so he created the stage. But now, where's the performer? Lassus, do something with it. That's the task of man. But based on what we're learning about Shabbos being Malchus, Shabbos being the embodiment of the kind of holy conception that we're just the Levana, that we have nothing, and everything that we have is a gift, and we need to pray for everything and acknowledge everything and give thanks for everything, and to sit in all of life, whether we sit or we walk or we jump or we, or we, or we tumble saws or we do all kinds of things in life, all with the awareness that there's a God in the world. Shabbos is a little bit of a microcosm of that. We're able to revisit the first two words of this Pasuk in a deeper way. Vayichal Likim doesn't mean God concluded. The word Vayichal can also be seen as a reference to yearning. From the Lashon Kilyon Inayim, yearning eyes. 
means to say, Vayichal Elikim Bayam Hashvi, Shabbos reflects the yearning of Hashem. Vayichal Elikim, what did God desire? And what did He conclude? What did He want in creating all of this and allowing this to unfold so that there would be the six days of the week, a created world for the purpose of Adam and the purpose of Adam, Adam, Ayin Lavares Adam, Ayin Avoides, Ela Tfila. Tfila is to recognize that there's a world, Pru Uravu Umilu Esa Arts, the Bechina of Amala Arts, Deus Hashem Kamaim Liamachasim, to bring the world to that. That ultimate place of Dibor of Yimali Piti Lasecha, which is Tfila, which is Kriya Shema, Shashem Olikim, which is the element of a Maloichal Arts Kevayda. What was the whole purpose? What Shabbos encapsulates for us a little bit of a taste of that time, a little bit of a taste of that ultimate purpose. And he blesses it. And he sanctifies it. I want, to, I want to suggest something very deep. and We don't have time now to go into the depth of this. This is really like a two-hour shir, at least. We're just mamish giving to it in a nutshell. And I, I trust that the chavr is with me because we've been learning these things. Hopefully a little bit more and more we're getting, we're getting it. We're saturating it. Okay, but make sure to listen if you can't cancel the recording in the last couple of minutes. Chaim, thanks for gracing us always with your presence. Thank you. Have a beautiful Shabbos. So, I'm not sure we're coming to the end. The last couple of minutes. Start a little bit late. Vayivarich vayikadesh. These are two different things. If you'll turn back a page, you'll notice that the word vayivarich is used in the context of Hashem blessing man. Vayivarich oisam alikim. Hashem, it's in bold there. Hashem blessed Adam, Adam and Chava. Pru'uravu, bring life into the world. That's the level of the physical material of the world without anything being done with it yet it's just the world bracha multiplicity proliferation blessing baruch famously from the from the maral beis chaf reish 2 20 200 things progressing things proceeding things proliferating the world unfolding bracha but then there's kedusha kedusha is okay what are you going to do with the bracha can you sanctify the blessing in your life? Because all of us have blessing in our lives. It's not a question of whether we have blessing or whether we don't have blessing. The question is, can we be Mikadish the blessing? Can we take a cup of wine Friday night like we spoke about? We say goodbye to the Malachim because it's a Mahasaga they're not able to reach. We're going higher than them. Can we mamish be Mikadish the cup of wine? Can we be Mikadish the bracha? Can we make a bracha the tur- that becomes on Shabbos Kiddush, not just a regular bracha, bari pregavon. Mamasha becomes Kiddush. It's a taste of that world. Look at the bottom of the, of the source over there on the piece, on the source number three. The reference to the end, when everything is finished and the process is completed, is all Kiddusha. You'll look through, Bez Hashem, in your time, you'll look through Yeshayo. You'll see the word Kedusha again and again and again and again and again. Ani Hashem Mikadashchem. Again and again and again. Vayivarich Vayikadesh. Let's go back to the first source. And this we're coming to an end. We asked, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu need to tell us He's giving us a gift? In these words, I desire to give it to Am Yisrael. Just give it to us. Just give me the gift. And how is this based on the Pasuk? To know, that I am Hashem who sanctifies you. And the answer is Pashat now. Because Shabbos is the ultimate reflection, not just of Hashem happening to have given us something, it is the embodiment of Hashem's ratzon, of Hashem's desire. So there are two stages here. There's the gift, and then there's the way in which that gift captures Hashem's ultimate ratzon for creation. The ani mevakesh. Shabbos encapsulates a desire on the part of Hashem for Adam Arishan to do something. Shabbos embodies Hashem's yearning for a world that would be filled with His presence and the acknowledgement of that. Ladas, to know. Where do we see that word ladas? Umala, aretz, deya es Hashem. Deya, das, 
Ki ani Hashem mikadeshchem. That I'm not simply the God that allows you to experience bracha in your life, but mikadeshchem. You can sanctify life. Life can be holy for you. You can find Hakadosh Baruch Hu in everything. Ladas ki ani Hashem. Ani is always a reference to Malchus. David Amelech va ani tfila. The word ani is always David Amelech. Yudkevavke is the higher realm. Ani is speech, just the mouth. Nyutkevavke is the call. That's the spiritual realm beyond. And through tefillah, through Adamarishan Davani, through him speaking, he bridges that gap. And he connects the hidden world, the inner world, with the outer world. Let's end with the Ben Yayada. Says the Ben Yayada, Hashem says, I have a matana toiba, the base genozai, in my hidden places. What's the secret of the hidden places? Now that we said it's Pashit, because the whole deep thing of what we're learning over here is that Hashem wants us to reveal that which is in the hidden place, that which is not revealed to our eyes, that which we need to smell on the level of tefillah, on the level of Mashiach. Says the Ben Yayada, an amazing remez, and I'm not sure if I saw this in the Ben Yayada or I was mecham to it and then found it there. I mamish don't know what came first. So I have it in my notes, but I'm, I might have seen it first. I don't know. But mamish, it's a, it's a strong remez. Genozai, the word genozai, is actually the letter is Gimel, it's the letter Gimel, and then the, let's, the next three letters spell the word Zayin, right, which is just a letter, the letter Zayin, three and seven. He says, this is a remez l'shem ekya. This is a hint to Hashem's name that embodies what? Desire, I will be. The point on a divine level, so to speak, where Hashem reflects on the future. What does He want to unfold? Ekya asher ekya. Ani mevakesh litna l'Yisrael. What Hashem wants from the world. How so? Because 3 times 7 is 21. 21 being the gematria of ekya. The base genozai is itself the ani mevakesh litna l'Yisrael. It's reflective of Ekya Asher Ekya. What does Hashem want to unfold? What does He want to happen in the world? What does He desire to give us? Shabbos. What's Shabbos? A little bit of a taste of that ultimate, 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 ultimate reality. When Yeshayahu meets Barashas, where the Soif Masa is seen as being wrapped up in the Machshavat Chila with Adam Arishan and all of his children and you and me until the end of time, until Mashiach finishes the process, through our Debor, through our recognition of our lack, through our being the Levana reflecting the moon, we're able to sanctify this world in the deepest way. Let's end with a remez. Shemana Esrei. This came to me in the middle of davening last week. It's past Shabbos. We say, I can't make this stuff up. It's just too, it's too true. It's unbelievable. On the seventh day, He desired us and He sanctified us. This, these four words contain everything that we just learned. Uvashvi'i on Shabbos, Malchus. Ratsi Sabai, it's a reflection of Hashem's Ratzon. For what? The Kiddashta, Vayavarech, Vayikadesh. The Rosh Tevis of Uvashvi'i Ratsi Sabai, the Kiddashta, is Pru Urevu. Uvashvi'i Ratsi Sabai, the Kiddashta, is Rosh Tevis Urevu. Umilu Esa'aretz. This is what Hashem needs man for. This is what Hashem needs Shabbos for. This is the sum total of what it is to be a Yehudi. This is the sum total of everything that we're going to be learning together and everything that we have learned together. Urivu. Bring people into the world. For what purpose? Go back to the Pasuk that we learned from Yeshayo in source number 6. The end of the Pasuk, Hashem says, I didn't create the world for nothing. I created for it to be settled. But the word can be read, of course, I created the world, created the world for Shabbos. Because the Torah doesn't have Nekudas. You can almost read it, Shabbos. Ani Hashem, the Ein Oi. To recognize that the Ani is reflective of the Yud Kevavke. The Malchus Peh, Tefillah. It's all about the recognition that this physical world is the greatest revelation of Hashem and not Shalom, the obstacle to Hashem's disclosure. And that, my friends, is the secret of Shabbos. And that's the secret of what it means to be a Jew. That's what it means to be a Yehudi, to be grateful, to recognize that the world is broken. And it's not broken so that we should suffer from it. It's broken because we were sent here to fix it. 
And so it shouldn't surprise us that it's broken. Adarabha, it's broken? Good, what do you think you're here for? That's our job. To work the land. To experience Shabbos as a little bit of a taste of what this could be. It's Shabbos could be so much higher than so much of the way that sometimes many of us are used to experiencing it. It, it, it can be a taste of this. To start to develop the eyes on Shabbos to see past what you see on the surface. Mamish to go deep, to go deep, to live a messianic Shabbos in a very high level, a little bit of a taste of La'asad Lavai. To be able to smell out, to sense from beyond the facade of this worldly brokenness, the achdos of things, the depth of things, the heart and the soul of things, the presence within things. That's my bracha to you. Thank you for joining. Apologize for going a little bit over time. Thank you so much for joining. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Thanks to everybody joining online as well. And to anyone who's going to be listening to this year, thank you very much for being a part of it. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos.